Switched On on F104 and I'm joined by the CEO of Equality for Children, Renee Von Medding. Hello. Hi, Louise. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for chatting to us. So I suppose to take it back a little bit, where did the idea for Equality for Children begin? So I suppose the organisation is very much a grassroots um, kind of project that started when a group of same-sex parents were in a similar situation to myself and my wife in that we found ourselves uh, treated differently from other families in Ireland. We found ourselves in a situation where only one of us was a legal parent to our child. Um, We found ourselves in this position in 2016 when we had our first daughter, Ava, and um, there were loads and loads of other families in the same situation. And so I suppose Equality for Children was formed in 2019 and that was after many years already of campaigning and advocacy by individuals and existing organizations like LGBT Ireland but we we kind of felt we had gotten to a point where it hadn't been working and the government wasn't listening so we decided um, really to form a group I suppose looking to other campaigns in the past where there's been big societal change um, grassroots organizations are very much a a part of the fabric of Irish society mm-hmm. um, so we we decided to to form a group with the sole intention of fighting for equality for children born to LGBTQ plus families in Ireland because at that point it was only one parent that would be acknowledged as the biological parent for the child yeah and I, I guess it's tricky when you start using words like biological so mm. really what what it comes down to in Ireland up until recently you could only have two parents on a birth certificate. Now that didn't always mean that those parents were the biological parent. You mm. know, that's a whole other conversation. I suppose if we're talking about biology and we'd need to get into genetic testing at birth, wow. um, that's never going to happen. But you could always have mother and you could have a father on a birth certificate. Um, under Irish law, the mother was always presumed. Mm. So a person who gave birth was deemed to be the mother of a child. And if that person was married to a man, that man was deemed to be the father. Um, If they were not married, the woman could choose to put a man down on um, the birth certificate as father. Um, That was the only way that children could have a legal connection to parents mm-hmm. up until recently. So obviously we, we ran into trouble then with marriage equality. And everyone kind of assumed that with marriage equality, that would kind of extend to a family unit. And that if you had two women or two men who had a child within a marriage, that both parents would be connected equally to the Mm -hmm. child. But that was not the case because we hadn't changed the way that births were registered. So you still could only have a man and a woman as a mother and a father. There was no option for a second parent. Um, of the same sex. So um, that was the situation that my wife and I were in, um, first with our first daughter in 2016, and then again with our second daughter in 2018. Because I physically gave birth, I was deemed to be their mother, in fact, their biological mother, but that's why I kind of raised the point about the biological thing, Mm. because in fact, I'm not their biological mother. We used my wife's eggs Uh, to conceive our children so actually my wife is their genetic mother and I'm you know I gave birth to them but because I gave birth 
I was considered their legal parent and there was no way for my wife because she was of the same sex as I to be considered their second parent so that has um, changed Mm -hmm. in 2020 we had a piece of legislation called the children and family relationships act and that that meant that for the first time two women could both be registered as parents to their children only if they met a very strict set of criteria in how their child was conceived and born. Um, what those criteria are, are that your child is born in, an, in Ireland and has been conceived in an Irish fertility clinic with an identifiable sperm donor. Um, and if you meet those criteria, you can both be your child's legal parent. That's pretty um, limiting what, though, isn't it? Oh, it's incredibly limiting. It's it's a fraction of the of the queer community. So I suppose in 2020, that was very much a step forward for the community. And it was very much a this is a this is a great step. It's great progress. Mm-hmm. But we have so much more to do because look at all these other families that fall outside of that. So anyone who has a child conceived in an international clinic, anyone who has a child born outside of Ireland, anyone who chooses not to use a fertility clinic in order to conceive. Um, And then obviously gay male couples, uh, surrogacy is still completely uh, not legislated for. So the majority of LGBTQ plus families in Ireland are still not covered and are in that situation where only one parent is a legal parent. So while the step in 2020 was amazing, it was very much a, this is a great first step. Now let's keep going. Now this was three years ago and we have had no movement. Is, we are still in the same situation. Is there any signs that there will be, I suppose, a moment where they're going to relook at it and, and look at changing it? Um, to be honest, no. Um, and I know that sounds very pessimistic, but... Equality for Children, uh, we kind of have a coalition along with two other queer uh, queer groups, um, LGBT Ireland and Irish Gay Dads. We have a kind of LGBTQ plus parenting coalition and we have been lobbying the government um, continuously since 2020 to see about fixing the gaps in this legislation. And we are no further. Um, you know, when it comes to surrogacy, obviously there's a whole other piece of legislation mm-hmm. that needs to be brought forward, the Assisted Human Reproduction Bill. We're hoping we will see what that looks like in the coming months. Um, a lot of work has been done on that piece, but we're still not confident that what is brought forward will actually be fit for purpose and will actually not further discriminate against gay male couples who are wishing to to use surrogacy as a viable option to grow their families. So that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is the anomalies in the Children and Family Relationships Act. And to be honest, that could be fixed quite easily. And we have actually, um, one of our members is, is a legal expert and has actually written a bill that would amend the current uh, piece of legislation so literally has written the legislation and handed it to the government and there is still no will 
to get that done. So what we've actually had to do is we're working with Ivana Batchik in, in the Labour Party. She's brought that piece in as a private member's bill. But because she's not in, um, you know, because she's in opposition, private member's bills from opposition very, very rarely see the light of day. So it's been brought forward as a private member's bill, but it probably won't go anywhere. Um, Why do you think they're not willing to look at it? I don't know. At, at one point, you know, we thought it might be because it's not affecting the masses and because the people, you know, the masses don't know mm-hmm. about it. I feel like if there is a way for us to knock on the door of every single person who voted yes in 2015, mm-hmm. and if we were able to tell every single person that eight years on from marriage equality, we still don't have equality for queer families. I feel like that would light a fire mm-hmm. under the powers that be. Um, but because people don't really know this is an issue, um, there's not really the public outrage, the outcry. And I don't think it's enough of a hot ticket item for politicians to really care that much. I do believe that you know many of the individual people we've engaged with on a personal level care, but it's about getting enough political will behind an issue to actually put the resources into getting it done you know what would you like to see happen what would be like the ideal situation if they were to look at it um the ideal situation would be that there would be a genuine true commitment across party and across departmental commitment to actually getting this done and to getting it done properly. You know, it's really across the Department of Health, Justice and Children. Mm -hmm. And we have had lots of empty promises. And I'm calling them empty promises because here we are, 2023, eight years after marriage equality, and we're no closer to getting it done. so I don't really hold faith in in the promises we've been given and the assurances we've been given. But what I'd like to see is a genuine uh, commitment to getting this done because there are so many experts in in this field. There are so many families willing to share their stories. And if the correct people were consulted with, I actually don't think this would be that difficult to get done. And, um, you know, but as as it is, we just keep kind of getting pushed aside. If people want to find out more about it, is there anywhere they can go? Yeah, so they can go to the Equality for Children website, equalityforchildren.ie. Um, across socials, we're at Equality for Children or on Twitter or formerly known as Twitter, X, <laughs> um, at <laughs> Equal Children. <laughs> And um, if people want to follow myself, I share my family's story. We're actually pregnant with our third child now. And our third child is not going to be covered by this legislation. Mm -hmm. So uh, my wife and I are actually taking a case against the state um, because our third child is going to be treated differently from our other two two children. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm on at Renee Von Medding. People can follow my story there. Amazing. Renee, thank you so much for chatting to us and hopefully we can chat again in a little while and they will have solved it. Here's hoping.